Hello, everyone. Welcome again to another episode of the Gift from God podcast. My name is Zachary Thayer, and I'm a storyteller from Illinois. And in this episode, we are continuing our mini-series on the story of my brother, Nathaniel. Nathaniel is an adult with disabilities. He's multiply handicapped. And me and my mother are just going over, really, his life story. In episode two of the podcast, we went over what life was like before Nathaniel was born, when mom and my dad originally found out that they would be having a child like Nathaniel and how that all went down. So if you haven't listened to that podcast yet, I would highly recommend you listen to that one before you listen to this one. In this episode, we go over Nathaniel's birth and really his first days here on earth. As a fair warning to all you podcast listeners, we do go into some fairly graphic detail as far as how Nathaniel's birth was carried out and how it differs than traditional birth. So that kind of subject matter bothers you just a fair warning, it's coming up, so you may just want to stick your fingers in your ears and go la 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 and wait till it's over. Also, another heads up to everybody, my mother does get a little bit emotional while she's telling this story. That's why in the middle of the podcast, there is a kind of an awkward pause. Your headphones didn't stop working, nothing's wrong, just mom needed to take a moment to compose herself. So those are a couple items to keep in mind. Now on to the rest of the podcast. So let's rewind the clocks back to March 5th, 1996, or whenever the day was that you and dad found out like, oh, this is happening. So how did that all come about? Well, it was close to the end of February, probably February 25th or 26th, something like that. We had a second amniocentesis. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of that was to see if the baby's lungs were mature. And so um, we got the results from the amniocentesis and his lungs were not quite mature yet. And so they pushed back the delivery date. And so March 5th was the day uh, that was picked for him to come into the world. Mm -hmm. So that was completely pre-planned. And they're like, all right, come back in here March 5th and we'll get him out of you. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so take us to March 5th. Take us through that entire day. So let's see, the day before, March 4th, we actually drove down to Nashville and we um, stayed, I guess, in some type of hotel there next to the hospital. And then the next morning we went in um, to Vanderbilt University. And from what I remember, you know, they prepped me for surgery um, for a C-section to bring the baby into the world. You know, we went into the operating room and Francis came in there and uh, I remember a sheet being hung so that I couldn't see down, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and then your dad, of course, was standing on my side of the sheet, but he was tall so he could see over the sheet. And uh, I remember like my, like my arms were tied down. That sounds so, you know... But anyway, my arms were secured to a table. And, um, you know, of course, obviously before that, I had an epidural so that I would be numb when they cut me open to get the baby. Um, so, you know, I remember it was really difficult. I could feel uh, the pressure of them working. And your dad was like, do you feel that? You know, like they were taking whatever organs were in the way and like, putting them on my stomach, you know, to get them out of the way so they could get to the baby. And, um, of course, I didn't feel 
really any of that. You know, like I said, I felt pressure um, and I knew they were doing something. What do you mean by pressure? So you couldn't feel them shifting your insides around to try to get to Nathaniel, but you could feel pressure. What did that pressure feel like? Like almost like maybe like pushing, like when somebody pushes you, like pushes your, like a firm push, not like a quick push, but a firm push. Like you feel that push against you, like that pressure of Mm -hmm. the push, I guess would be the best way I could describe it. It didn't hurt. It just, you just felt them. Right. Right. And so I remember vividly how difficult it must have been for them to get Nathaniel out because like my body literally moved from side to side as they were trying to work him out of the womb because his head was so big you know um, they were having a difficult time and uh, And they wanted to be careful with his sure frail infant body right and uh, I mean I can you know I remember the doctor like you know like just working and like making noises like you know how hard it was like he was trying to uh pull the baby out and then um when they got him you know like started to emerge from the womb I heard that they had put oxygen on him and uh, then when they got him all the way out Real swift like he was showed quickly to me on the side of the curtain where my face was. And then he was uh, taken um, to be worked on. So what did they go to do to Nathaniel? What did they have to do? Well, I'm sure they uh, did like the normal stuff that they do when a baby's born. Mm-hmm. You know, they cleaned him up, make sure his airways were cleared and... Um, just did all the normal checks that they do for a baby. And then, um, you know, he was on oxygen. And then he was, uh, the little tube for nutrition was put uh, in his nose down to his stomach. So they just had him in a... In an incubator. And then they were just giving him nutrition. And then right. what happened from there? Um... Well, I just remember, um, like, obviously they, you know, stapled and sewed me back up and took me to um, probably recovery and then later to um, my room. And I'm sure your dad had gone down with Nathaniel, was going back and forth. And um, and see I see what all was being done to him. Right. And just see him, see your new baby that you're happy to have, that you're proud of. Um, and I couldn't go <clears throat> until I was able to get up on my feet and um, get in my wheelchair and go down. And so you have to wait for, because obviously an epidural numbs you from the waist down. So I had to wait for that to wear off to where I could get out of my bed. When did they get him out of the incubator to do the shunt and do all the things? Well, the it? next day they took him for surgery. And uh, they and, put the shunt and in. And they told you ahead of time that they were doing this. Right. Before Nathaniel was even born, we met with uh, the neurologist and um, the surgeons that would be working um, on him after he was born. And explain to everyone what the purpose of a shunt is, like what that does. So the shunt is placed in your head 
Um, and then like people have four ventricles. <clears throat> Excuse me. They have four ventricles that rotate the fluid um, through their brain, through their head and down into their abdomen. And like his third ventricle was either missing or it was clogged. And uh, so they put the shunt in. And so then just within, you know, really like within 24 hours of that surgery, like you can see the difference between his head when he was born and then after the fluid was drained. And so the fluid to this day drains into his abdomen, abdominal cavity, and is absorbed into his body. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's an ongoing process for the rest of his life. Right. Of making sure fluid doesn't build up in there. Exactly. Wow. That's what's crazy about this whole thing is that it still affects him. Right. So after they did... They initially put the shunt in and it's doing its thing. What happened from there? Well, we would go, obviously, and um, see him because he was born on a Wednesday morning. And then he had surgery on Thursday. And then Friday, I was released from the hospital. So um, Nathaniel was kept in the NICU, um, the newborn intensive care unit. A story that I remember from when I was still in the hospital is there was a a resident that came in to see me and he wanted me to uh, sign a do not resuscitate order. And, um, you know, I was pretty, probably still pretty out of it, you know, between just medicine and, and I guess the trauma of, of giving birth and, and that situation that we had just went through. And he came in the room and I said, I remember one of the conversations and I was like, so like, you mean like if the baby would quit breathing, like you would just let him die? And he said, yes. And I said, well, has Nathaniel quit breathing or had trouble since he's been born? And he said, no. And I said, well, I'm not signing a do not resuscitate order because it was about he came in the room. I remember about three times. And so uh, I told him not to come back in my room unless my husband was in there that I didn't want to talk to him anymore about that. So this individual came into your room three times throughout this stay at the hospital. After right. Nathaniel like was born 48 hour stay. And then there was a nurse that said to somebody in our little crew Babies like him should be left to die. Wow. But obviously she was wrong. You want to take a break? People in the NICU are pretty um, negative in general. The doctor that was over the NICU was. Now, obviously, we had other nurses who were uh, better and more compassionate than than the one. So, anyway, you know, we got to hold Nathaniel and uh, stuff like that. And then Friday, um, we went home because... 
obviously you were two hours away from us um, with some friends. And so we came home, and uh, which was two hours. And uh, let's see, Sunday morning, actually, four days after Nathaniel was born, we got up and went to church. So you weren't even at the hospital for that long, really. You were just three right. days of making sure he was stable, and then... Right, and then we came home, and uh, like I said, saw you, and uh, and we went to church, and uh, <laughs> I mean, I went to church because, you know, I mean, a few reasons, just because, you know, that's what we did, and and I didn't want your dad to, you know, go to church alone, you know what I mean, because it was hard, and so anyway, we went to church, and, you know, uh, had church service, and uh, and then when church service was over, we went back to Nashville to see Nathaniel. One day when I was at home, I got a phone call that said, you know, Nathaniel had uh, a brain bleed, and um, and that you know, like, then he got whatever, you know, it stopped bleeding, and so um, even after we got home before Nathaniel was released, one more time on the phone, they said, we need you to come down so you can have a meeting and sign a do not resuscitate order. Why were they so adamant about you signing a do not resuscitate order? Well, later we found out that um, the doctor who was over the NICU had a baby that had been born anencephalic and his baby had died. And so I think that was one reason why, like, his demeanor came across so negative um, to us because, you know, he had had a baby, like, born with just a brain stem. And so, like, it's in that, you know, the cephalics, that same, mm -hmm. you know, arena, like Nathaniel hydrocephalic water on the brain. It was almost like he was coming across mean, but in his view, he was trying to help you. Right, that's quite likely. He wanted you to avoid the same pain that he had, probably. Right. So about the ninth day, they called and said um, we were to come to the hospital the next day that um, that Nathaniel would be getting ready to come home. So on the tenth day of Nathaniel's life, we went to Vanderbilt, and um, we had a room and uh, in the hospital, and Nathaniel stayed with us. And um, they just came in like they do at hospitals, checking every few hours. And um, and that was the first time I got to try to nurse Nathaniel because um, I had been pumping and they had been giving him my milk through uh, tube feeding. Now, they didn't believe he could nurse or could eat normally, right? Well, they didn't know whether he would. And considering that he was like 11 days old the first time that he tried to suck or nurse, you know, well, they might have tried to get him to take a pacifier. You know, I'm sure they did so that he would get the sucking motion. But, I mean, he was 11 days old when I finally got to try to nurse him. And they came in, you know, all up in my business about that. <laughs> and I said, I've already nursed one baby. I said, I, you know, I Why got this. Why were they so concerned? Well, because, like, most hospitals have like a lactation nurse that comes in to help new mommies breastfeed. Like when you were born, that hospital didn't do that. You know, 
And so now since this was a big hospital, you know, they had people and it was, you know, two and a half years later. So they were going to help me learn how to nurse. So anyway, I um, fed Nathaniel for the first time. And then they said, um, you know, we have some things to tell you before you take him home. Those things were Nathaniel would cry unconsolably. And we would have to just turn on a radio and leave the room to drown that out. Um, they said, uh, like, he would probably never laugh. And uh, and then... They said... Someday I would sign a DNR. And he walked out of the room, the doctor. That was the doctor who had had a baby like Nathaniel before. Mm -hmm. Which I didn't know that until after that last conversation. Somebody else told you. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if his baby did all those things. And now he was trying to speak that over Nathaniel. I don't know. You know I don't think I mean? his baby didn't live very long from what we were told. But anyway, we never saw that doctor again. Dr. Bruner. Like, I remember him coming into my hotel room, you know, before, I mean, my hospital room. Clarify that. Hospital room. Like, he came into the hospital room when I was still there and talked about how magnificent the human body was as far as, you know, the creation of it and how, you know, the human body can heal and you never know what the future holds. You know, just the NICU doctor, he was very negative. So after 11 days it was, mm -hmm. he finally got to come home with you to Kentucky? Yes, he did. And tell us about him entering the real world for the first time. <laughs> well, um, you know, he was a good baby. You know, he ate good. And uh, he was you know, content, you know, we of course held him a lot and, uh, people from our church would come to see him. Um, and you, cause actually I didn't say earlier, but you know, we snuck you into the NICU to see him, um, on one of our visits down there. We took you cause technically you were supposed to be three to come into the NICU. Um, and you weren't quite three yet. And, and we snuck you in there to see him. You just, told them that I was three? Or no, we just didn't answer the question. We wouldn't have lied, you know, mm -hmm. like they didn't ask us specifically and we didn't say your dad just carried you in there. Cool. So you were very, uh, I would say you were very protective from the time he came home. What would I do? <laughs> I remember one family from the church came over <clears throat> and I brought Nathaniel's little bassinet into the living room so that they could see him <laughs> and you stood in front of it and put your little arms out and you said, it's my TT. And then you just stood in front of his little thing. Your little two years and nine month little self protecting your baby brother. I wonder, so I was very welcoming to Nathaniel. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I was excited to have a baby brother. Yep. I, do you think that I understood that he was different or that? No. No. Because really until... You know, it's the point of like when babies are starting to sit up 
and then crawl like you know infants you don't really see the difference except that you know his uh bones his skull bones weren't fused so they would shift a little bit um depending on how he was sleeping and and then you could see his little shunt because you know his head was little and um but I mean you didn't know the difference and and uh really you know like I said until they start the things that he would have been slower on those milestones um you wouldn't have seen the difference so what were people's reaction to Nathaniel, family and friends? Well, I think, you know, like babies, they just really people just instantly love a baby, you know, like they're sweet and cuddly, you know, unless you're just not a baby person. <laughs> but um, I mean, Nathaniel was, I think, love from the moment uh, people saw him. And did any of the things that the doctor say that were negative or did any of those things ring true no um nothing i mean other than just like regular baby stuff nathaniel um was never crying unconsolably i would say that you know he cried the normal amount that any baby does sure like hungry wet uncomfortable you know i want somebody to hold me <laughs> Um, and so, you know, we just kind of lived like you do when you bring a new baby home for the first couple months. Like, it's kind of weird to, like, something like that's so joyful to be bringing a baby into the world, you know, and then so sad, um, and heart-wrenching to see your baby have surgery and, and the challenges um, of him coming into the world. And then for, you know, well-meaning people to say, you know, well, what are you going to do now? You know, and like what we were going to do then and what we still do now is, you know, to live our life taking care of Nathaniel and praying for him and for God to help us, you know, like, like no matter what situation you're in to keep your faith and rely on God. And you would do that even if he was a quote unquote normal child. Right. So it's no different. Right. I mean, obviously circumstances are different between taking care of a child like me or a child like Nathaniel, but you rely on the same source of support which is your faith in christ right thank you so much for listening to this episode of the gift from god podcast i really hope you enjoyed it i hope this story from nathaniel's life and really our lives has blessed you in some way if it has let us know by writing us a review on itunes give us a rating let us know what we're doing well what we can improve on also this podcast is brought to you by their video my freelance videography service if you need a video made for your wedding or business or church or any other kind of thing you need a video made or shot or edited, I'm your guy. See what I've done for others and see what I can do for you at Zachary Thayer, that is Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y-T-H-A-Y-E-R dot net. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.